There's a reason why Ted Lasso won seven awards at the 2021 Primetime Emmys recently. The show isn't about sports, it's about life. The show is about the person that many of us need in our lives during this difficult time. We need a coach. <laughs> Most of the time change is a good thing. I think that's what it's all about. Embracing change, being brave, doing whatever you have to so that everyone in your life can move forward theirs. Because maybe it's the only way you can truly help her be happy. We need a coach that can help us navigate through difficulties to overcome obstacles and to make it through to the end zone or the free throw line or whatever it is that we find a way to score and validate who we are every day. I was searching for some help and direction, and I think I found someone that could help me and might be able to help you during this time when we may be slipping back into the throes of a pandemic. We've lost too many in our human community to an illness that quite frankly could be controlled. That's why I turned to my friend and life coach, Chrisinda Jones, to talk to me. And I found out as much as I needed a coach and could use someone to talk to, she probably enjoyed talking to me too. Because even life coaches can use a coach. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. We would like to thank our local title sponsor for supporting Interludes A1 Pestmasters. This episode is brought to you by our national sponsor, Montevilla Coffee and Tea. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. This is Valerie Johnson with Interludes, and I'd like to welcome back. I like to consider her a friend to the show. She is a life coach, a counselor, and a timeline therapy master practitioner. I don't know if I could get all that in. I'm very happy to have her back on to talk about her book, Spiritual Transformation, and just life, because yes. she's a life coach. Yes. Everyone, welcome, Christina Jones. How are you? Ooh, hey, Val. Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. God is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mainly wanted to reach out to you because, unfortunately, myself, personally, I've been dealing with a lot of death. Oh. And I recently, my uncle passed away and literally, and she, he passed away on my mother's birthday. Oh, so my that was, gosh. That was a little bit of a, a, of a traumatic thing because I had hyped myself up to be, what do you call this? Um, I worked out and did things to help combat the depression of the day of, you know, this now being the second anniversary and then the second year with her not celebrating her birthday. And my uncle and my brother, my, my uncle and my mom were extremely close. Oh, wow. oh my gosh, they were extremely close. So I kind of feel like it was a, a private 
joke between God, my mom and my brother. And they were just like, you know what? I want him to come up here on my birthday. Just wow. to come up here. It would be a great celebration and he could come and join all the other brothers and sisters. But in dealing with grief mm -hmm. and multiple griefs, because I know a lot mm -hmm. of people, unfortunately, either due to COVID or just mm -hmm. your older relatives just passing away. How is the best way to deal in situations where it's it keeps coming death, mm -hmm. and all of that? How, how, how have you directed the people that you've counseled in wow. that regard? Well, that's such a loaded question. And first and foremost, I'm so sorry for your grief. You know, that's a lot to process. Um, and, and I think that we stumble and struggle with it if we don't understand grief. Okay. Like you mentioned hyping yourself up, you know, and so I think in some cultures, it can include church cultures or, you know, culture by race. Um, it is not okay to lament, you know, it's not spiritual to lament, right. it's not um, positive to lament it's not being focused to lament, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think we've learned a whole lot, um, you know, about grief. But the thing that I do encourage folks that I talk with is to learn about grief as much as possible. Because if I don't know that I'm going to feel numb and angry yes. Yes. and depressed and confused, then I'm going to think that there's something wrong with me. Right. You know, as opposed to understanding the natural flow um, and a crazy flow up and down all around, coming back, going in again. If I don't understand and expect that I'm going to experience these emotions, these cognitions, then I'm going to beat myself up probably as opposed to give myself grace, give myself time, give myself space, mm -hmm. allow myself to be angry, you know anger amongst christians is a no-no <laughs> exactly like you need to just release it to god you're not trusting god if you're angry it no, is, is a no-no and yet i have read books on people in the bible who are angry with god and it, there's books about it. You know, God was angry. Jesus was angry. You know, people in the Bible were even angry with God. Can you believe that? <gasps> <laughs> angry with God, you know? And so <laughs> if we are not allowing ourselves to be human, we're just going to complicate our grief. And it's just so amazing that you mentioned that. I did not know you wanted to talk about that mm -hmm. because I personally have been going through a lot of grief myself. And I uh, picked up one of my friend's uh, books on grief, and it's called The Grief Journey, grief, uh, Journey in Motion, Dr. Tim nice. Timothy Summerlin. Okay. And I picked up this book because um, today is September 9th, 17th, mm -hmm. and on August 29th, Sunday, August 29th, I was supposed to get married. And um, we decided to cancel the wedding. And well, initially we decided to postpone the wedding. Then a few weeks later, cancel the wedding. Then officially, a couple days ago, we're no longer even a couple. Officially, officially, officially not. Wow. You know, and so it's been pretty dynamic. But I picked up this book because this workbook, uh, usually used in groups, uh, Dr. Summerlin encourages, because I want to make sure that I'm processing my own personal grief effectively 
right. you know, um, and, and so it's been really helpful to revisit, you know, grief for myself personally, uh, to get through it. And, um, so it's amazing that you wanted to talk about that topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, um, I feel like life coaches mm. have, a have a great responsibility, but then they understand when you're trying to move through this life that as you, you know, even if you're younger, but as you get older, you're going to be dealing with the death of someone, especially someone that you love. Right. And just dealing with multiple deaths recently mm -hmm. has just been mm -hmm. a little overwhelming for myself. So I was just thinking, she's a life coach. So mm -hmm. I can pretty much ask about that. Yeah. But, but earlier in the year, you released a book called Spiritual Transformation. Tell me about this book. What inspired uh, the writing of this? And oh, wow. What is what it? inspired yeah. the writing of it? So mm -hmm. my first book was called Spiritual Maturity about emotional health and healing. Mm -hmm. And then this book is focused on transformation uh, with a subtitle of emotional intelligence and freedom. Oh, wow. And so what inspired this um, was um, a number of things, just my personal life and how I'm growing uh, is typically what leads to this, but especially just seeing so many friends, associates, disciples, Christians really feeling stuck, Yeah, you know, really having a whole lot of emotional baggage uh dealing with addiction issues sex and porn uh dealing with insecurity and low self-esteem and low self-worth um and so for me i always thought that i was not good enough always okay wow. give, give me three master's degrees and i still felt like i was not good enough three and, uh, you have three. Whoa, whoa, stop stop <laughs> you have three I do, I, I do, I do. I struggled just to get the one. So you had three. <laughs> I one. got three. Yeah, but um, I love to learn. And okay. it's such a blessing that I love to learn because if I, if God didn't give me that desire to learn, I would not have learned about uh, uh, modality to transform. Right, and right. so I wrote this book because I myself felt stuck for so many years with those limiting beliefs okay. and that emotional baggage, you know? So I was not able to get rid of, despite the fact of talking to other disciples about it, talking to other Christians about what I was thinking, what I was feeling, my past, you know, significant emotional events. I just could not shake that stuff. Hmm. For some reason, I couldn't get past, you know, and I felt like I was carrying my emotional baggage, but especially those limiting beliefs. Uh, no matter how much Bible I read, no matter how much Bible I memorized, I still was carrying the thought that I was not enough and I was not able to accept my humanity. And I had felt like I had to be perfect to be accepted and valued. So long story short, um, my supervisor, when I was getting my license for counseling, he introduced, uh, he did a coaching class, which was like my third class for becoming a coach. Um, um, he introduced timeline therapy and I volunteered and he, he wanted, yeah, he wanted, you know, somebody to volunteer for a demonstration. I said, I'll volunteer. So he used timeline therapy to eliminate, to rewire, reprogram the thought that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And the power in that is that most of the times, most people don't know that 95%, about 95% of what's going on in our lives is subconscious. 
wow. all of our memories, all of our um, emotions are stored subconsciously. And so unless we dig them out and rewire and reprogram them subconsciously, they are still with us. Mm, They're still with wow. us. And so that was the power of the timeline therapy where, you know, the 95%, you know, how our body operates, you know, how we move, everything. Uh, that was the power of timeline therapy, which eliminated in about 15 minutes that thought, subconscious, conscious, both, that I'm not good enough. And so I felt that, you know, people needed to know how to be transformed and not just how to be transformed, but how to have the emotional intelligence, which is really a requirement to be spiritual. Yeah. We, be, we cannot be healthy spiritually if we're not healthy emotionally. And so that's why I wrote the book, just because I see so many people struggling, having a hard time, nothing like they have answers or a way out. Mm -hmm. And um, so providing the information that people need to know about the brain and also, you know, techniques uh, and modalities to help them move past that emotional baggage and those limiting beliefs. Give me one technique that is best for eliminating like my limiting belief that I sometimes struggle with is that um, I'm going to be abandoned and, you know, people leave me and I'm not, right. I'm doing something where people will abandon me. If I want to eliminate that, mm -hmm. how would I do that? So if you want to eliminate something like that, you need to uh, work with someone who does time therapy. <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> because it's not something that, in fact, I remember sharing with one person about it and she looked up a video on timeline therapy and tried it with her husband. And I was like, if you know anything about therapy and therapeutic modalities, you would not have done that because it took a whole month of training to learn how to do it in a safe way, an effective way. So what timeline therapy does is that it allows you to see the event from a detached state in okay. a sense, mm -hmm. and you replace all the emotions and the beliefs with wisdom and learnings and resources. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to describe unless you see it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's not something that people should try to do on their own at all. Okay. And okay. definitely there are some folks who have a practitioner level of training. And then there are those who have a master crack level of training. And so I would definitely recommend only working with someone who's been through the training because there are so many things that need to be considered as we take someone through the process. Wonderful. Why do you think, um, people of color are so, I don't want to have therapy. Why do I don't need therapy? I just need to go to church and get some Jesus. Why do oh. you think people are kind yeah. of, yeah. Know, just yeah. don't want to deal or don't want to have therapy? Wow. That's a loaded question. Also, there are so many reasons. <laughs> uh, number one, I would say that we're already overloaded. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. just being a person of color in this world, is trauma enough right so how in the world am i gonna handle something else <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> you know so just being a person of color in our world is enough number two i think about history okay. and why would i trust these quote-unquote professionals who have done more harm to me and my people mm -hmm. <laughs> throughout history 
why would I trust them? And by the way, most of their research evidence-based procedures, you know, are based on uh, Caucasians, not mm. on people of color. So there is a movement to try to have more research, you know, include people of color. Um, so I would say that's another thing, just not trusting people in the healthcare fields, right. doctors, therapists, all that kind of stuff. And then I would also say that there's such a big stigma about any type of therapy uh, because we jump to, oh, that person is crazy yeah. if they go see a therapist. We just exactly. automatically jump to that mm-hmm. as opposed to, wow, you know, I need to get my teeth clean. I'm going to the dentist. You know, I, I need arch support. I'm going to the podiatrist. There you go. You know, I want to maximize my mental capacity. I'm going to a therapist or a coach. Uh, you know, so we just have tons of emotions about it, you know, and when we have been made to feel inferior for so long, uh, to add that to, you know, needing therapy or wanting therapy, you know, it just increases the feeling of I'm still inferior. There's something wrong with me as opposed to a growth mentality. You know, for me, I went to therapy because, and and even now reading that book on grief, because I want to make sure that I'm handling this traumatic event of not getting married in yes. a healthy way. Yes. And so I think mm-hmm. if we change our mind and think of where we want to go and how to get there, we can be more accepting of therapy and keeping in mind that we need to be careful who we work with also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if people wanted to find like let's say a good life coach someone to help them in that regard or even a good therapist Mm -hmm. where could they go um there's lots of places um most people you know go to psychology today uh that's probably the first place that people go uh people of faith um there are a lot of you know uh, directories for counselors I think um, the fellowship that I'm involved in, International Churches of Christ, had one. I don't think it's still applicable, but mainly people find out through their friends. Okay. You know, <laughs> oh, who are you seeing? Like for me, um, I had I had uh, seen a couple of counselors and they just were not helpful. And okay. a friend from church, she said, oh, I think I know somebody who will really be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. And I gave this lady a call in, in Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. She said, OK, well, here's what I think. And here's the plan. I said, oh, she is for me. She has a plan. That's right. <laughs> I love people that get a plan. I love when people come up with a plan. And so, you know, every counselor is different. Every counselor has different strengths. So typically, though, I think people ask around with their, you know, people that they feel safe with. They ask around and say, hey, you know, but then you can always look at websites, you know, psychology today, um, ask, you know, a mentor, a pastor, um, et cetera. That's typically how people get connected. I've been excited to see the growth of your disciples working to abolish the new Jim Crow Mm -hmm. growth of that. Mm -hmm. And things have kind of calmed down, but then I also see that things are still perking up. What, um, if people wanted to get involved with that and just your mission to literally educate people about how things are changing politically for people of color in this country, how would they be able to help you guys out? with that group? Yeah, I think that um, it's been more than a year since George Floyd was murdered. And I think that when we don't have something as egregious as that punching us in the face, Mm -hmm. that we're not as motivated. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think across the nation and across the world, there's a lull in efforts to, you know, work towards um, reform and, you know, just equal rights and civil rights, et cetera. Uh, but we still do have our Facebook group, Disciples Working to Abolish the New Jim Crow. We had a number of campaigns that we kicked off months ago mm-hmm. to try to figure out, you know, how we can just engage people in efforts to deal with mental health because the largest place for folks with mental health issues is our prisons. Wow, I didn't know that. Our prisons mm-hmm. uh, house folks with mental health issues, and that's the last place they need to be, you know, because we're spending money over in Afghanistan, I can't remember, D.L. Hughley gave us the amount, 300 mm-hmm. something a day? Was it yeah. billion something, 30 something billion a day? And we can't take care of our own people here. It, it really angers me, but there's a little low, you know, in most groups. Uh, so we still have the page where we give people opportunities to take action, to get engaged. Uh, we are still working on one of the most exciting projects is a Bible study, anti-racism Bible study toolkit. That Wonderful. is one of the biggest yeah. things that I'm so excited about because we were talking about education as far as, you know, working to abolish the new Jim Crow. And one brother up in Stanley McClellan, up in Chicago, he said, well, we need to work on it here in our fellowship. I was like, oh, okay. We need to educate people in our fellowship. And so the education campaign decided that they were going to develop an anti-racism Bible study toolkit just to give people information and some tools that they can use to really move people forward in their understanding and knowledge about issues that are going on in our world. So the page is still there. Uh, We post information, we post opportunities to get engaged and that's how we're gonna be moving forward. Wonderful. If Mm -hmm. people wanted to find out more about your book and Mm -hmm. to reach out to you as a life coach, where would they go? So that's really easy. Um, (laughs) Crescendajones.com. Crescendajones.com. Yeah, I think I'm the only Crescenda Jones. There is another Crescenda, I know but chrisendajones.com. And I I do need to update my website because uh, what's on the front is uh, is the book and a book discussion that we had beginning in June. So, uh, but yeah, my phone number's on there. Uh, Chrisenda spelled C-R-E-S-E-N-D-A, chrisendajones.com. And a link to purchase the book is there. Um, and I'm I'm just always blown away at the transformations that I see using the time my therapy uh, transformation process, mainly because it is so quick. Mm. It's not like normal therapy. It's not like you've seen a therapist for two years and right. paying all that money. It is efficient and effective. And most people get through the whole process in about 10 hours or so. Wow. Yes, to totally reprogram. Yeah, to reprogram. So percentagejones.com. I love seeing the miracles that God works. And I'm just so grateful that I can be an instrument for God. I'm glad to have you back. And anytime you come up with another project or another book, we will definitely have you back to interludes. I mean, you're such an inspiration and such a a glowing example of God's grace. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interlude. Next time on Interludes, 
We're at it again, making moves, making decisions, and making the movie part two with EP Michael Womble and me on the next Interludes. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and politics every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by our national sponsor, Montevilla, the natural weight loss coffee and tea brewed with MTC oil and Ramon seeds. For more information and to purchase Montevilla coffee and tea, please visit linktr.ee forward slash purelightmedia. Our local title sponsor, A1 Pestmasters, for all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. When you book your appointment with A1 Pestmasters, tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. Interludes.